Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. Time for more Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. That second guy was me, Joel Brzezinski, and Mike Kapler's with me getting together uh, in our little weekly discussion, just 15 minutes, if you can uh, hang out with us for just a little while, talking about the grace of God and how uh, we have been made free. It's for freedom that God has set us free. Let's walk in that freedom. Let's stand firm in that freedom, not be entangled again with a a yoke of bondage, as the Bible says, a yoke of slavery. And the bondage and the slavery that's being talked about is being tied down to the law and rules. And Christ has come to set us free from all of that junk. And so it's a matter of walking freely in his life. Uh, so how you doing this week, Mike? Well, yeah. doing good, Joel. Looking forward to our discussion again, as usual. One of those things that I know we're going to be getting into, you've especially got some things to share about. There's a phrase that we've used a lot in Christianity, and it's, I, I gave my life to God. And, and I've even heard preachers say things like, God wants your life. He demands your life. He wants nothing less than your all. <laughs> you ever heard some of that oh, yeah. stuff before? So, Yeah, I, I remember when I gave my life to God. How many times did we say things like that? And it's really not accurate under the new covenant teaching, is it? Well, yeah. I want you know. I I really would like someone to point out to me in in scripture, in the new covenant scripture, where it says that we're to give our lives to Christ. Um, and at the same time, I'll say I can show you lots of scriptures that say just the total opposite. And we'll get into that this week. Well, just just think about it. I mean, we're standing before God. You know, imagine a person who hasn't been made alive together with Christ yet, an unregenerate person or you know someone who is still in their sin. They're standing there before God and saying, okay, God, this life of mine, it's yours. Take it. I'm, I give my life to you. And uh, just think, you know, God's looking at that life of that person and going, yeah, yeah, I'm impressed. You know, it's just foolish to think that way, to think that we have something to offer God. We think that we can offer God our life, and he is going to be impressed, or he's going to say, all right, that's wonderful, now you've given me your life. I think it's just the opposite, that it's not so much that we give our lives to Christ, but God looks at our life and says, unfortunately, it's unholy, unfortunately, it's unrighteous, unfortunately, it's it's not perfect, which I can't uh, relate to something apart from the perfection that's found in Jesus Christ. And so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put you up on the cross, spiritually speaking, with Christ. And I'm going to make you then into a new creation. I'm going to make you alive as a new creation, alive together with Christ. You know, some of that language might sound a little, it might not relate to some people. But the, the point is, Galatians 2, 19 and 20 and 21, it talks about how we've been crucified with Christ. But it's no longer us that lives, but Christ lives in us. You see, it's not that we gave our lives to God it's that he killed us and he gave his life to us. We've been made alive together with him. Well, and that's what it's all about. I mean, so I didn't give my life to him. He gave his life to me. And now the life that I have, I can't even call my own. 
So I don't give my life to God. If I were to give my life to God, I would just be giving back the same life that he already has, which is his. It's his in the first place, if that makes any sense. Uh, I'm not sure if it does or not, mm -hmm. but I think you know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the very life of God that lives within us. You know, Joel, even Jesus, as a man, the God-man, if you will, but you know, as a human walking the earth, he didn't take credit for the wonderful, miraculous things that were taking place at his hands and through him. In fact, it was just that. It was through him. Jesus said, I, I don't even do what I do. It's God working through me. So there are so many times where people hear this radical message of grace and they just think, oh, you're taking grace too far, <laughs> which I still don't understand how that's possible. How can you have too much grace? You know, there are people who think along those lines because they've been so immersed in legalistic mindsets that have tied them down and stopped them from realizing what they have inherited through Jesus Christ and through his finished work. And so, so where was I here? Okay, uh, God working through Jesus. I mean, if Jesus wasn't even taking credit for what was going on with all the miracles and healings, you know, the dead being raised, multitudes being fed, all the different things that were taking place, the miraculous things in the, in the life of Jesus. He said, it's not me doing them. I just do what I see the Father doing. He does the works through me. And that is exactly, you know, when when we see that phrase, what would Jesus do? Um, I'm not a big fan of that phrase, but if I were to apply that, the only way that I would really apply that phrase is what would Jesus do? Well, he would look to the Father to see what he's doing, and then he would have the Father do his works through him. And so we can look at that and, and imitate Christ in that way and say, you know what? Jesus says that apart from me, you can do nothing. And with Christ, we can do all things. And so instead of us, indeed, taking the credit or, or trying to manifest uh, some sort of good works or some sort of good deeds before God, uh, trying to produce some fruit for him, and instead of us trying to do that, Christ says, abide in me, rest in me as a branch remains in the vine and the life of the vine comes through that branch and you're going to see some really, really wonderful fruit. Again, it's not that we have produced it. It's that Christ, his life that's in us, that's what has produced the fruit. We've We've got to understand that, our, as you started off saying there, Cap, it's not our life that we're living, but it's Christ's life that he's living in and through us, and that makes all the difference in the world to me. Well, it, it is a huge thing what you were touching on there, Joel, because there are a lot of people taking credit for fruit producing these days, <laughs> and it's the wrong mentality to think that you're producing fruit. We can bear fruit because the one who's producing it is doing it through us, and somehow or another, we still try to take credit for it. I don't understand that, but Jesus never took credit for it. Uh, Jesus never did. Imitators of God, yeah, not intimidators. There's a lot of people behind the pulpit today who like to intimidate uh, instead of being uh, imitators of God. But I think that word imitator is an interesting word, Joel, because it can be looked at in different ways. I think there are people who are imitating God all right. <laughs> An imitation can also be considered uh, something that isn't real mm -hmm. um, acting out something that really isn't uh, isn't you you're imitating somebody else and uh, I think that that's the difference though our efforts in trying to produce fruit versus abiding in the vine Jesus Christ me being the branch 
and allowing his fruit to be produced or to be born through me. That's the difference. So I can be an imitator of Christ, an imitator of God, simply by trusting in him and his life in me instead of in my own efforts and at my own self to be able to produce what, what would be good. Yeah, and see, that's really what the life of faith is about. I've, I've often kind of considered the phrases, um, you know, abiding in Christ, resting in Him, walking by the Spirit. And I, I, all of those to me are synonymous with walking in faith and walking in trust. I think a big problem with, with people, I know I've had this problem in, in my life, and, and hopefully, and, and, and what I've seen by the grace of God working in me, I'm, I'm overcoming a lot of this, is that uh, I've, I've spent times of my life where I'm trying to do the works that I think God wants me to do rather than trusting Him to do things through me. Because, you know, I, I take a look at the way that God sees things. I mean, he's He has a certain target. He has a certain thing that He's doing. And it kind of looks a little off to us. Sometimes we don't understand what God is really doing. And so we go in and we say, well, I'm going to, I don't quite get what God's doing. And so uh, I'm having a hard time with this. And so I'm going to go try to make something happen. And instead of trusting in the works that God is doing in and through us, we go to try to, to, to produce things. We try to stop sinning. We try to produce good fruit. We try to do this and we try to do that instead of resting. I think people have a really hard time with that word rest uh, because it does involve trusting in something that's not me. You know, it's like I need to be in control. Uh, but with, with a life of faith, it's not me who's in control. Again, it's not my life, so to speak. It's, it's the life of Christ in me. And that does take faith. And we need to trust God and, and rest and wait often. For him to do what he's doing because he's always at work it's just that we can't always see it yeah and so as we mentioned before a part of your identity is that you are now declared righteous again it's by birth it was by inheritance it's something we received because it was given to us freely we do nothing to earn it we do nothing to uh to, to gain any position with god other than to believe and to trust in the finished work of Christ. You know, under the Old Covenant, Paul told us in Romans 10, Joel, uh, speaking of the Jews who were under the Old Covenant, for they, people under the Old Covenant, being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted to the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. Now, again, there are a lot of people today who may be believers in Christ, but they, um, they're still going around because they haven't understood who they are in Christ yet. They still have a mindset of, I need to do in order to become, mm -hmm. instead of realizing that they've already become who the New Testament describes them to be, a holy, righteous, uh, victorious child of God, free from the, that, that penalty that the, the law used to bring. And so uh, there are people who are still trying to establish their righteousness through what they do, instead of... Um, as we were saying, and instead of trusting in who they already are, and then uh, because of who you already are, again, this inspires us to want to live in a way that is proper and right, but not because we have to, it's because we want to. Right, yeah, see, I think we've got this, uh, we've got this new life, and, and so, so many of us have this new life, but we're not living it because we're trying to 
we're trying to live the life ourselves <laughs> instead of living from this new life, this this life of Christ that's in us. He's He's given us His very life that has everything. It contains everything. It's a complete life. It's a life that contains everything for godliness and, and contains everything uh, that we need. Grace for every single moment of life. It produces all the fruit that God wants to produce in and through us. And that's the life that we need to live from. And it, it's the life that he, it's been given to us as a gift. And so indeed, that's our identity. Our brand new identity that we have in Christ is his very own life. Again, our behavior never, ever was a factor in that. Our behavior never could I could determine our identity, but rather the things that we do kind of flow out of the life that he has already given us. All right, we're out of time for this one, but having said everything we've talked about on this program, I hope you can tune in again next week. Joel and I are going to talk about probably the biggest thing that has kept believers from understanding their identity in Christ and uh, understanding who they are in him. And what is that that has kept people from understanding who they are in Christ? It might surprise you to know it's some of the very words of Jesus himself. We're going to talk about that. What you hear next week may be the complete opposite of what you've been taught all your life. I hope you can tune in and listen. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard weekly on Gracewalk Internet Radio and other online sources around the world. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.